And welcome back to PT Mill Podcast, where you'll hear stories, views, and information about physical therapy. I'm Johan again, and thank you for tuning in. In today's episode, we're just going to revisit the past season of topics. We'll start with F. Scott Field, talk about the realities of side gigs and side hustles. Next is Engelbert Devera, talking about finding the why in starting a business and the true test of a business. Lastly is Rolando Lazaro, comparing um, writing for a textbook and for a scholarly journal, and where physical therapists can begin their writing journey. We'll also hear the takeaways from our conversations. So, let's hear them. Uh, there are people who would want to experience the mistakes. There are people who would want to skip that those those mistakes. And you're still going to make mistakes, even if uh-huh. you have a mentor, because uh-huh. your your experience is going to be way different than theirs. But they're going right. to show you the the things that they did to like say, hey, avoid Worked. these big red flags. You know, uh-huh. so you know, it, it, there's definitely mistakes to be made, but that's good, right? Failure uh-huh. is just a learning process. That's all mm-hmm. it is. It's it's an experience and it's a chance to learn. Mm-hmm. The only way to really fail mm-hmm. is to stop and to quit. Mm-hmm. You know, and to stop doing what you're doing, stop trying to follow your dream. That's the only real failure, you know? Right. Right. Having a uh, side gigs or side hustles sounds like a, like a fairy tale, but what, what are the realities of having a side hustle or side, side gig? Yeah. I mean, I work, I still work, you know, 60 hours a week or so uh, mm-hmm. there, you know, I, it's not easy. Again, I pretty much have my full-time gig, right. Mm-hmm. Teaching. And then I, I still work another, you know, 20 to 25 hours a week on, on the side hustles, uh-huh. but it's also because I love, them. they're my passion mm. projects, right? They're okay. my, my, my zones of genius, if you will. It's mm. what I would love to do all day, every day for free if I could, you know, but you know, I got bills to pay. I got to, you know, put a roof over the head. I need the medical benefits. Right. So it's a little bit of those golden handcuffs. Right. Mm. So I have to work the full-time job, but you know, I also stay fulfilled and happy and enjoying what I do when I do the side hustles and the side gigs. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying it's easy by any means, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it takes work. It's, it's hard, especially mm-hmm. if you want to start it as a side gig and eventually turn it into your full-time gig and walk away from your nine to five. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Right. right. If, that's, if people can do that. Awesome. Be but, your own boss. You know, right. Right. And that's the goal eventually. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'll ever hit that point just because of the medical benefits, but I'm pretty happy right now. I'm content doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. at the ratio that I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, you know, I wish I could say that it's an easy, easy job, but it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's a lot of work, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so it's not just like, oh, you just make a course and then you put it online and you make all this money and it's, you know, easy peasy, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Literally, uh, you know, mail, mailbox checks, you know, no passive, <laughs> passive income doesn't exist. I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not a fan of the word, but there, there are ways to make money while you sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Like for instance, you know, my courses sell sometimes while I'm asleep, right? And that's yeah. cool. Uh-huh. But there was a lot of front end setup on those courses, you know, and then there's ads you have to run to it, right? And there's, uh-huh. there's work that still goes into an online business. People think it's easy. You just set up a course and sell it. And you, you make all these millions of dollars. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You know, there's still a lot of work that needs to be put into an online business, but it can mm-hmm. be done. And mm-hmm. believe me, I'm easily the, the dumbest smart guy you'll ever meet. So if I can do it, trust me, anybody can do it. <laughs> it just takes persistency and, and just stick to I call it, right? Uh, you just have to keep getting back up after you get knocked down. And it's going to uh, happen. You're going to get knocked down a bunch, right? That's the uh, only way I got through my EDD, right? They dragged me uh, across the finish line kicking and screaming. But I had a, a high grit score and I just kept getting up every time I got knocked down. Uh, and that's what, that's what entrepreneurship is, right? That's what uh, being a business owner is. 
mm-hmm. it's just figuring that stuff out and getting back up when you get knocked down. All right. So um, as, as a last uh, uh, statement or a takeaway for our um, audience, something to, to take away from this episode, what, what's that um, something that you want them to, to really remember from what we have discussed today? I think you got to just implement you know, do a little research, pick a side gig or a side hustle you may be interested in. What's the worst case scenario? You go back to your nine to five job, you know, as a physical therapist, you have a great safety net. Mm-hmm. Try it, try mm-hmm. experiment, you know, take, taste things, just figure it out. See, see if it's something you think you could do or not. If mm-hmm. not pivot and go a different direction, but try, try things, implement, implement. Mm-hmm. Just keep trying, keep, you know, experimenting until you finally figure out something that can work for you. Uh, you know, because at the end of the day, we're all striving for, like I said, that time freedom. We right. want to be able to do come and go when we want. We don't want a boss telling us when we can take off for vacation and stuff like that. We want to do whatever we want to do when we want to do it. Well, the only way to get to that point is to have some sort of financial freedom, mm-hmm. right? And so, again, working a nine to five may or may not get you there. You know, you could have, you know, not had student loans and saved very wisely and, and retired early. Uh, but if if you're like most of us and you're in that hamster wheel, that that grind, right? That everyday grind, you got to figure a way out of that rat race, you know? Mm-hmm. And like I said, I, I think side hustles and side gigs are the way to do that. And maybe, again, maybe they become a full-time gig. Who knows? That'd be great. Mm-hmm. But at the very least, you got to start somewhere. You got to mm-hmm. start generating a little extra income and figure out how to make that bigger and bigger and bigger and you know, craft your own, your own path. Mm-hmm. Right. Start and implement. Thank you yep. again, Scott, for coming in the show. Absolutely, man. Been a pleasure. Mm-hmm. What should be, or how does one, a therapist, or how does a therapist start in, in getting into this kind of business? What does one need to do? Okay. Mm-hmm. I think the, the main important thing is instead of, answering the question what mm-hmm. the most important question to answer is why mm-hmm. good okay mm-hmm. any therapist that wants to start a business you have to know your why mm-hmm. why are you doing this why do you want to do this okay so in my case my why was i want to spend time with our kids mm-hmm. i want to spend time with my wife and i want to take control of my time I didn't want to be dependent on a job, on a paycheck. Again, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do. But I personally, I don't want that. Okay. So that why was so strong for me mm-hmm. that I knew it will be very painful for me not to do or try something. Mm-hmm. It pains me. It pains me to see myself that I'm going to continue working for someone until I'm 65. If I paint that picture in my mind, I'm like, hell no, I don't want that. Right. I'm not going to work for someone until I'm 65 and start enjoying life. But then that's just me. Okay. Everybody's Mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. If that's your plan, I respect that. If that's the majority's plan, I totally respect that. Please don't get mad at me guys. I'm just saying it's not what I want. I want to enjoy life. You know, while I still can. Mm-hmm. So with that, I, I set out to look for what business can give me that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So it's a lifestyle question. Okay. 
what kind of lifestyle do I want and what business can I build to fund that lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Okay. So with that decision that I did back in 2003, I'm telling you, Johan, I never regretted it because mm-hmm. we, I never had to ask for a PTO. We didn't miss our kids' activities in school. Mm-hmm. My wife and I, we would go fishing or watch a movie in the middle of the day without asking for permission. I would do anything again. You know, I would do it again. If, if I'm given a choice, will I do it again? The answer is yes, I'll do it again. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. So it starts with your why. So guys, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to dig in. What is your why? Why would you start a business? Because money is a tool. Okay. It's not, don't answer it. Oh, cause I, I want to make a lot of money, but why? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to make a lot of money? What is the reason behind that? Mm-hmm. You have to dig deeper. Money is a tool. It's neutral, right? So once you find that why, then you will now determine what do I do next, mm-hmm. okay? One of the things in my videos that I explain is the cash flow quadrant. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Okay. So the cash flow quadrant, it's uh, from the book, by Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, Robert Kiyosaki. Have you, have you heard of that book? Yes. Mm-hmm. So one of the books he wrote, along with other authors, is the cash flow quadrant. Okay? So imagine this is a quadrant. On the, on the left side of the quadrant, top left, is the E quadrant. Mm-hmm. We call that the employee quadrant. Okay? 90 to 99% of therapists or any, even any industry belong to this quadrant. What is the E, the e quadrant or the employee quadrant? We work for someone. We trade our time. We get paid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now below that, on the bottom left, is the S quadrant. This is the self-employed quadrant. On the self-employed quadrant, you're the boss, but you still trade your time. Mm-hmm. An example in our industry is, let's say you do cash base by yourself. Let's say you do wellness program by yourself. You do pelvic health by yourself. You are the product. Mm-hmm. Me, it means if you stop working, no money is coming in. Okay, as a self-employed, I may offend someone by by saying this, but it's the truth. It's still not a business; it's a job. That's why self-employed. You're just an employee, you know, by yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you just decided to call the shots. Okay, so the common thing between employee and self-employed is you're trading your time mm-hmm. for money. If you don't put in the time, no money, right? There's no money. Now, on the right side of the quadrant, on the top right, is the B quadrant, which stands for business owner quadrant. On the business owner quadrant, you hire people, you work with people, or they work work for you. It's a combination, okay? On that quadrant, on the business owner quadrant, you have a system that creates money, Mm -hmm. okay? That... It puts you in a situation that it, should you decide not to work, you still have, you still can make money. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the last bottom right is the I quadrant, which is the investor quadrant, which means you have enough money laying around, you want to invest it. These are like the Shark Tanks, you know, the angel investors. Okay, so the reason I'm pointing this out is it's important for you to know what quadrant are you in right now and where do you want to be. Mm-hmm. So as therapists, most of us, 
our workers, we are in the S quadrant, most of us, right? So the question now is, do you, I mean, on the E quadrant, e -quadrant. employee, okay. yeah. Do you want to stay in the E quadrant as an employee? Keep trading your time. If you want to stay there, again, I respect that to each his own. Stay there. That's fine. But if you want to move into the B quadrant to be a business owner where you have money coming in, even if you decide not to work, then you have to do something to be in the B quadrant. You have to have a business. Okay. And what is the true test of a business? Okay. Because a lot of therapists get confused by this, by, oh, I have an LLC. I have a business. Mm -hmm. Okay. The next question is, who's doing the work? I am. Mm -hmm. And it's not a business. It's a job. Even a high school kid can get an LLC. It's easy. Just go to LegalZoom.com, less than 100 bucks. You have an LLC. But does that kid have a business? No, it's just a name. The true test of a business is this. Is money coming in should you decide not to work? If the answer is yes, you have a business. If the answer is no, you don't have a business. Mm. What is that one thing that you want our audience to take away from this um, episode? Good question. If you're listening to this and you are on the fence of starting a business, but you're scared, you're nervous, you're not sure of yourself, I just want to tell you that's normal. Mm -hmm. No person who went into business were sure of themselves. You have to take risk, okay? In my case, I evaluated the risk. What's the worst thing that can happen? And this is what most lawyers will ask. And I'm not a lawyer, but it's a very good question. What's the worst thing that can happen? If the business didn't work, I still had my license. I can still look for a job, right? Mm -hmm. What if it worked? And in my case, it worked. And it's still working for the past 18 years. What if I gave into that fear of starting a business and never did it? I would still be working for someone for the past 18 years. But again, I respect everyone who wants to do that. But that's not what I wanted. I would have been miserable. You see what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So give yourself a shot. Go for it. If you have that fear or, or, or nervousness, that's normal. Mm -hmm. Especially as immigrants, we had that fear when we first, you know, had the news that, okay, your visa got approved, you're going to the U.S. Uh, what? <laughs> right? Right, right, so right, right? You had that fear, but you went through it anyway, mm -hmm. right? Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, for those who are, are local in the U.S., when you first got admitted into PT school, OT school, or SLP school, you got the letter, uh, congratulations, you got accepted in the program. You were so excited, but then you were nervous. Uh, yeah, right. What? Am I going to finish this with all the student loans and everything? Mm -hmm. Gosh. But you went through it anyway. Right, right. Okay? My advice is tap into that determination. Tap into that, um, what do you call it? Guts. Mm -hmm. Okay? Tap into that and give yourself a shot because you deserve it. You mm -hmm. deserve to give yourself a shot and see what happens. Okay, the the worst thing that can happen is at the end of your life you're like, what if, what if, what if? Mm -hmm. Okay, I would tell you a quote from Michael Jordan, and and this is probably you know a cliche. He said, "I can't accept failing. Everybody fails at something, mm -hmm. but I cannot accept not trying." Oh, that's good. And he's one yeah. of the best, if not the goat, 
of mm-hmm. basketball. Right. And if you guys don't know, Michael Jordan got cut on his first tryout in his first year. He didn't make the team in North Carolina. Oh, really? He had yeah, to wait one year. Mm-hmm. He had to wait one year to try out again. Mm-hmm. Had he given up after the first cut, there's no Michael Jordan. Right, right. He failed to make the cut the first year, but he waited one year, got better, got better, and the rest is history, as you all know. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, guys, keep trying. Never, never give up. Give yourself a shot. Mm-hmm. And if you just want a kick in the pants, you want someone to encourage you, give me a call. You have right. my cell phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reach out. Reach out to Bert. He gave out his cell phone. You can check out his uh, website <laughs> as well for it. Yeah, Thank you very much, Bert, for this time. Is there a difference if you're writing for a textbook and writing in a scientific journal? And, that, and how different is that? Yeah, it's it's a little bit different in that Masano, um, when you're writing for textbooks, I, I feel that it's a little bit more f- free for you to I know to put put your point of view, your perspective on it. Because mm-hmm. you're also adding your opinion, your clinical pearls, your mm-hmm. yung, um, what the expert opinions are. Mm-hmm. Although you want it evidence-based as well, you want your book to reflect uh, current practice, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so one, one good thing I learned from my two mentors, Catherine Goodman and Darcy Humphrey, is that you always have to look in the future, Mm-hmm. And you always have to push the envelope, talaga. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they're they're great in that sense because they're really able to, I uh, know, almost predict what the future is because mm-hmm. they have really good insight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your one foot is in the present, and then when you're writing for textbooks, one foot is in the present, and one foot is in the, looking at the future. Mm-hmm. Pag ano, pag anon. Um, Many people don't know, and I think this is also important to note, that textbooks are also somewhat peer-reviewed. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because uh, sabi nung, nung iba, ay, textbooks lang yan, ano lang yan. Uh, it's, it's only the view or opinion of the writer, mm-hmm. which is not totally uh, true because good textbooks undergo peer reviews then by colleagues. So either the publishing company hires or invites people to read the chapters mm. and then provide feedback or you actually solicit feedback from peers mm-hmm. and other people whom you don't know mm-hmm. to give you really honest feedback about the chapters as well mm-hmm. and so i personally i enjoy writing textbooks a little bit more because you have the freedom mm-hmm. to to do that and you have to i know you have the freedom to to inject your voice and your perspective in the chapter. Sa ano, sa writing for ano, scientific journals, um, it's somewhat to me, to me, it's somewhat a game too, mm-hmm. right? Because you have to, ano, you have to configure your manuscript to fit what the journal is expecting. Mm-hmm. So it has to do with the aims and scope of the journal. Mm-hmm. So para ma-accept yung publication mo yung paper mo you kind of have to configure the writing to i know to fit what they're looking for right. number one number two i mean it's heavily peer-reviewed which is really good right because you have people who are supposedly experts in your field reviewing the manuscript and providing feedback 
um, if your ano, if your main goal is to just publish, right? Sometimes um, you might get uh, critiques or feedback. Na um, that would make you maybe water down a little bit what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Para lang publish. So you play that game too. You know, there's that dance in that game. And so if your goal is to just publish, which it is, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to play that game para ma-publish ka. And some, ano, most peer reviewers are really good, but some of them can be also ano, ruthless. <laughs> uh, I've had my fair share of rejections. Yung mga iba, masakit talaga. Siyempre, personalin mo yun because you put your time, energy, money, Right, right? Uh, convictions on it to just mm-hmm. say this is just nothing. This is a piece of whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it 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 really hurts as well. Ah, uh, asin direction ano? <laughs> Mayroon mga ibang ganon pero like I would tell ano people who would peer review, um, you have to do it with kindness, right? Mm-hmm. Because you ne- you don't really know the perspective of that other person, right? right. You might not know. So you have to always do it with kindness. You can make an appointed critiques, but do it you know, with grace and humility as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the way. Most of the ananaman is like that. Mm-hmm. One thing though is, um, and I've I've uh, heard this with you know, with um, collaborators from the Philippines as well. So. I don't know if they kind of see it with the style of writing or whatever, or maybe it's not totally blinded, but they would always mention something about the manner of writing, which irritates me mm-hmm. sometimes. What do you mean? Because, like, um, it it may, sinasamila, it may not, you may want, um, ito, ito yung ano, usual na line, you may want a native speaker to review your article. Um to uh and suggest edits or something like that mm-hmm. so and i guess i i come in with the perspective na um we write really well mm-hmm. <laughs> as filipinos we can write well we're good in english we've mm-hmm. learned english right well i guess maybe because we have a little filipino slant mm-hmm. in our english maybe that's what it is right but i uh, know you, you see that pattern happening mm-hmm. and um means uh, <laughs> maybe i'm just too sensitive uh, <laughs> it, it, had, it has not happened lately pero mm-hmm. ano, when i was beginning or when i'm collaborating with someone mm-hmm. who's from the philippines or other mm-hmm. countries ganun, usually merong comments na ganun Kind of cutthroat nga na you should have like a thick skin when you're yeah. uh, trying to publish yourself and submitting your yeah. articles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, um, yeah, I, I guess I've developed a thick skin. Mm-hmm. Pero din eh. it's, it's really hard mm-hmm. to kind of get those feedback, especially if you've invested a lot of your time and energy right. on it, right? So mm-hmm. You you know if if you want to publish you have to do mm-hmm. it right you right. have to play the game you have to do mm-hmm. the dance. Right. Yeah. For those who you know uh, wanted to start their writing career, probably uh-huh. wanted to go to you know submit their 
some articles in scientific journals. How how would they how should they start? Where should they begin? Yeah, I think that's an excellent question. So as mm-hmm. so let's I guess we can talk about it within the context of PTs, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So I still firmly believe, especially in the Filipino context, that the best way at this point in time for you to you know to contribute to the scientific literature is to write uh, descriptions of patient encounters i.e. case reports to start mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. so because it allows other people to you know to learn from your experience mm-hmm. because you're describing Um, a patient encounter that you did. Maybe you did something special. Maybe you did a technique that is special and you applied it in a different setting or a different population or a different condition. Mm-hmm. And it worked, right? Mm-hmm. And so I would hope that people write that for publication. Number one, it helps our colleagues mm-hmm. uh, to learn that, oh, that worked for this person. And I have a patient that presents with something that's similar so mm-hmm. maybe i'll try it right mm-hmm. it that wouldn't happen if it's not disseminated through publications number right. two what's nice about it is that you're actually not reinventing the wheel mm-hmm. because you already did it ang, ang ano lang, ang, the only thing that's missing is putting it on paper and mm-hmm. i guess having someone mentor you on how to write it right mm-hmm. um But it's it's I know it's doable. Mm-hmm. It I don't think it's doable to I know yung at this point in time, right? Especially if we're talking, I guess even here, right, within the Filipino context, so practice in the Philippines to do RCTs, uh-huh. right? Because number one, walang pera, walang funding, mm-hmm. um, bureaucracy is just so hard at this mm-hmm. point in time. I hope people prove me wrong mm-hmm. with that. But from my experience, mm-hmm. even at UP, mahal ko yung eskwela, pero bureaucracy for getting ethics review is really quite challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope they make it easier. Not easier. Well, you know, same standards, but a little bit more efficient. Ba? Mm-hmm. And that kind of hinders to the, the research process. So hindi 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 masyadong feasible mm-hmm. sa regular therapy. So write the yon, write your descriptions of ano of patient encounters. Submit it for ano muna presentations kasi it's easy that's a little a little bit easier so baby steps. So maybe you'll start with a poster presentation. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun to present posters. Right. I think people when people ano get into poster presentations it's kind of addicting actually because mm-hmm. you need you, you meet people you get to ano network in it mm-hmm. on it and then so you can do podium after that you sin sabi ko nga pigain niyo muna right pigain niyo mm-hmm. publication so um do the case report present it and then publish it mm-hmm. as a case report um tapos pag may pag ano ka na sa case report well maybe you'll do a case series So you know a series of patients with the same similar condition, you did similar treatments, mm-hmm. and then you compare, mm-hmm. right? Something like that, or you do, marami single subject designs. Mm-hmm. So there is there is really a lot of ways to do that. Um, as a takeaway, you pabaw natin for our audience 
gusto nating dali nila in their practice what is one thing that you want them to take away from our conversation today that i would hope that they it's so it it what's in because ratatouille so and anyone can cook right when you think about the ratatouille movie right anyone can write anyone can publish um and believe me when i say that right anyone can publish and any, and anyone i know has something that's worth publishing if you just get the right mentor to be able to help you yeah again thank you very much student salamat thank you for the time Thank you for listening to PT Meal Podcast. If you like the show and want to support it, please follow the podcast's social media accounts in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Share the episodes you're listening to or episodes you love to listen to so that the message can reach more people. Also, if you have anything to share with everyone about the profession or your practice, do contact me and we can work something out. If you have any suggestions, feedbacks, questions about the show or the guests uh, of the show, you can reach me through all the podcast's social media accounts or through the website www.ptmealpodcast.com or through email at ptmealpodcast at gmail.com. Alright, looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Just a reminder, folks, the podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only. The show strives to keep all information true and correct, but humans sometimes make mistakes. Factual errors may be present, so we encourage the listeners to do their own research on featured topics as well. Now, let's go back to the show.